Welcome to Level 7, Episode 107, Daredevil Season 1, Episode 7, Stick. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Oh, agents, it's Agent Daniel, and I'm here promising you, well, I hinted at it last week, one of the most controversial episodes of Welcome to Level 7 ever, but I'm not alone in this controversy. No, 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 I'm, not at all. I'm here. You, And you're most likely fully in agreement with me. I don't know. I don't know if well, I am. Uh, we know I have strong feelings. That is the only thing I know. And so my feelings are so strong. Let's end with the chit chat. Let's not even talk about how awesome my lacrosse team was this year. Okay. Fantastic. Yes. Let's not mention that at all. Yes. Yes. But <laughs> let's go into whatever we call the new segment. Somebody made a suggestion today, but I don't uh, think we have a You know what the new segment actually is going to be called? <laughs> ben still doesn't have a sounder. How's that? Boom. <laughs> hey, that means we're in the segment, right? Yeah, we're in the segment because that was it. Uh, All right, let's I go still fast. Have a sounder. You ready? I'm ready. You ready? Bring it. Because I, I want to get to the controversy. Hey, Bring it. Const Constance Zimmer, who's been on House of Cards and Entourage, has joined the series to play the head of a mysterious new group that will cross paths with S.H.I.E.L.D. as both seek out new Inhumans following the events of last season. Ben, my question for you. I'm ready. Inhuman or not inhuman? Yes. Very good. Yes. That maybe she's hanging out with Lash. It could be. It could be she's inhuman and is trying to assemble people, you know, bring bring the, the fold back in. Uh on the flip side of that, it could be that she is um just an evil Colson. I will say this. They have done some interesting things in comic books with people trying to grab Inhumans after the Inhumanity event. So we may be seeing something similar where we're, we're going to have the the fish, the fish food. It's going to be spreading out, making Inhumans everywhere. And it could be like we've seen in the comics where we've got groups trying to grab up Inhumans as natural resources. Yeah. That uh, seems controversial. I, I think that Sounds like slavery to me. Controversial. <laughs> I think that there's some very interesting places they could go. Anyway, I'm excited just to see where we go. That's, that's I right. want to see where we go. Number but, two. Number two. Number two. Number two. Number two. I'm ready, Daniel. Let's hear it. Blair Underwood coming back for season three. Great. So we know who that picture is of, Ben. Right? Right, Ben? It was always Melinda. Not necessarily. But maybe it's going to be Melinda this season. Well, we know it was Melinda, and now we know that we the team has a We don't know it was Melinda. We don't know it was Melinda. Well, we also we, when we see that it's Melinda, it'll most likely be our good doctor checking out the minds of some secret warriors. I definitely he'll be a good resource for them. So yes, you feel the controversy in the air between you and me. I do not. I do well, not. You're not paying attention. I am not. I am not. It's true. 
Number three. Number three. Channing Tatum has finally closed <laughs> his Gambit deal. He gets to be Gambit for like three centuries now. <laughs> this is one where, boy, I could care less, but I'd have to really work hard to do so. This is, you know what? When the movie comes out, I'll be there opening weekend, whether I like it or not. Channing Tatum, he's he's a likable guy. I like him. He's he's funny in some of the movies I've seen him in. He was in something recently that it was really no, oh, it was uh, Jupiter Ascending. I did not like that. I did not like him in that. What else was he in? He's like in everything. It's either him or people who look like him. It's just that era of Hollywood right now. But yeah, let him be. Let him let him throw cards and stuff. Gambit's a character I never cared for. Ever. It, it, it's fine. They could do some interesting things, I guess, with him. I guess I, I like John Carter, personally. That wasn't him. Yeah, Taylor Kitsch. He was Gambit. Oh, yeah. the old Gambit. Yeah. 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 No, I, we're talking about Shannon Tatum, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, John Carter used to be Gambit. Um, Taylor Kitsch is saying, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Ryan Reynolds gets to come back, but I don't. What's up with that? That's what that's what he's doing. And they say, wait a minute. I was I was in John Carter. Oh, hey, that's a fantastic movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. You know how I feel about John Carter, the movie. You and I feel the same way. Uh, no, con- we're controversy free. Controversy there. free there. I, the only thing wrong with John Carter is the name. That's the only thing in my book that's wrong with that movie. Maybe if they'd called it Princess of Mars, at least people would have known it was on Mars. Or John Carter of Mars. I mean, there's there's lots of things they could have done. Anyway, let's move on. All right. Because I really don't care about Tate's right now. I don't either. I want to talk about stick. So play that sounder. This is the sounder for case evidence, which is the calls that we put in right after we first watch these episodes. Case evidence. All right, Daniel. So uh, you said last, uh, last episode, you know, there's, there's emotions and stuff. I said last episode that I've actually listened to part of your voicemail and it was, it was interesting. Well, I'm just saying that there's two episodes that I remember what my voicemail actually consisted of. And this is one. This is one. And having listened to it, I know why this is one. So, All right. Uh, okay. So, Here comes. What are we going to do first? Uh, do you want the one that has a uh, long file name that starts with PQQ or LLS? I was re- you choose. I, I was really hoping for the PQQ. Okay. Let's see if PQQ is going to be you, 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 or me, me, me. Jason Daniel here. I'm emotional because Matt sits in his broken up apartment with his new sticks and he finds the bracelet and he holds it in his hand and then he knows that he mattered. He mattered to Stick. Stick didn't just throw him away. He mattered. He was important to Stick. Damn, but Stick's a really mean dad. I hope I'm not a parent like that because, wow, 
what are these doors things? Okay. I thought I had the storyline going on. I thought it was this whole Fisk versus Daredevil thing, but now, now I'm worried. I'm worried about what these doors are. Is it the hand? Or no. Peace out later. Bye. Uh, you're a little manic there, Daniel. <laughs> well, that's a word that's been used to describe me before. Okay. Uh, the doors? Is that what you were talking about? No. I, I was pretty sure that I, in this clip, I had talked about how overrated this episode was and how I found myself bored at times. And maybe it was just the mocking there in the end. Maybe that's where I went with was just the mocking. Okay. Okay. A lot of people had told me how great this episode was, that this was the episode that did it for him, them, but it didn't do it for me at the time. Okay. So you were mocking the emotion? Is that what was happening? A little bit, a little bit. Oh, okay. All right. Well, here we go with uh, the remaining one, which would be mine. Yeah. Be awkward with yourself, buddy. Hey, Daniel. Hey, future Ben. Uh, it's me, present day Ben. And, uh, of course, when you play this, I'll be past Ben. But anyway, uh, yeah, make the joke. It has been. Yeah, that's it. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ben. Nice. That's real nice. No, we we share the same name. Anyway. I didn't say anything. This episode, uh, <laughs> stick. Uh, what's nice about this episode, it could be a complaint, but it, I don't think it is yet. Um, they're building wider and not necessarily deeper. I mean, we're putting more players on the board. We're getting more, you know, connections to be made as they're they're pushed forward. This is about halfway mark. I mean, it's an odd number, so actually this puts us exactly in the halfway mark, I think. Um, but this is it's good. What, what I like about this, though, I feel like it's watching a, more a novel, you know. Uh, maybe the movies are, are like uh, short stories or novellas, you know, uh, shorter form stories, but self-contained. But they have you know, Agent Shield and Agent Carter, where it's like a weekly or monthly comic. It's a weekly show, but a monthly comic. And then you have this, and it's like it's like a novel. You've got chapters. So stick. This is a chapter, a standalone chapter. It's a little story with its own arc, but feeds into these other tendrils that are going off. And, and it's nice. You know, most of the episodes have been like that. And, and I kind of like it because it makes it easier for me to not binge watch and to have a little bit of self-control. So... Um, yeah, so I think that's a, a a mark for the writers there, especially uh, Drew, who Drew Goddard, who is that his name? It doesn't matter. Future Ben, look it up before you play this episode. But um, it, the kudos to the writers there. And you know, speaking of the the tendrils and the board, you know, making connections and stuff. Um, you know, I couldn't help but notice that the king was pinned to the board. I'm why am I even saying these things? Why am I even using this material? You probably already said that. You said that last episode, didn't you? Uh, I know you did. It's okay. It's okay, Future Ben. I, I'm, I'm the better man. I am going to just let it go. I'm just going to let it go. So anyway, that's my initial thoughts here for Stick. Um, nice backstory and nice, you know, more players in the field. I don't feel like it's cluttered yet so talk to you guys later the cold never bothered you anyway Ben I don't do that song 
I promise. I have opportunities, but I will not use that song. Ever. I wasn't going to sing. I promise. I didn't sing. I'm just saying, you don't have to worry about that from me. I'll sing other things. Lots of other things, but not not that one. Some days I think you might need a counselor. (laughs) Well, maybe. Uh... And you and you just seem to have baggage. Well, past me, he's really paranoid. He's really paranoid. Like, I didn't I didn't even say the joke about the name. And he's just preemptive. You know, it's like people who, you know, comedians who make fun of themselves, you know, the, the their physicalities to to get there first so no one else can get them. You know, is that poor guy. That poor, poor guy. Fortunately, he grew up to be me, so it's it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, he sounded really tired. He was talking about self control and binge watching, but I think he was staying up late to watch watch episodes of Daredevil when he left that that message. But um, yeah, I, I like what he said about going wider and not deeper. That this episode took us wider, but I'd I'd say there's some depth to this episode. I don't know if it's the kind of depth that they were hoping for, though. I'll put it that way. Should we start talking about this episode, Daniel? Let's do it, because, you know, I've been dying to do it since last night. I've been I know you mes- have been. messaging you every 20, every 20 minutes for the last few hours saying, well, since last night, let's go. Let's yeah, go. yeah. Basically, the, the messages have said, I really want to say something, but I'm not going to right now. And then 20 minutes later. I really just had this great thought that I can't tell you about right now. So, yeah, let's let's do this. Witness testimony. Ooh, let's talk, Daniel. How do you want to do this? Because normally we go through the plot. I think this one's got a a very good linear plot for us to follow it the way it was given to us. But I think with this one, uh, let's do it the way it was given. And then I'm going to interrupt. Probably quite a bit. Well, that's good because that means we'll actually be talking about things. Yeah. So instead of me I, just telling the story. So we should probably talk pre-Pepto. Start before the bismol, buddy. <laughs> There's a guy being chased. Being chased by who? We don't know. Turns out it's a swordsman who's looking for Black Sky. We also find out the swordsman is blind. We also find out the swordsman is following phase two protocol and chopping off a hand. And a head. With threats of other things. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the other threats really, once you get uh, to the head chopping off, the other threats really kind of lose all of their, uh, any, any oomph that they might have. So, so I have some thoughts on this. We have some mysteries here. Yeah. This is really the first time Daredevil has gone outside of New York because we're clearly in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that maybe the first time I viewed this, I may have been distracted and didn't fully watch the subtitles. My mistake. Um, yeah, this would, whole segment sets mistake. up the fact that something is coming to New York. So even though um, we don't know what, we just know it's this Black Sky thing. We know that this Japanese group is associated. We know that the swordsman, who we all pretty much know who he is, thanks to Variety and other entertainment magazines, um, is somehow attached to it. And we know Daredevil is going to get brought into it because of him. So at this point, before the Pepto-Bismol starts, I'm kind of drawn into it. I am too. And yes, we know who it is, 
because the title is stick. I mean, that's, that's a giveaway. And then there was casting news and stuff. So we knew about stick way before the series started. We knew there was going to be a stick and it was going to be this guy. I'm just saying that this was an incredible opening. Very that tense. really, Very... Say, you know, it, it brought you straight into it. You were dropped into the middle of this action. We, we don't know what happened before the man starts running through the building. Um, and I'm left with these questions of what is this black sky? I'm assuming it's some sort of weapon. And again, how is Matt going to interact? Because I know stick is going to somehow walk into Matt's life. Yeah, that's the thing. Even though we, we as comic savvy viewers and as entertainment um, or Marvel entertainment uh, news watchers, uh, we know about stick. But what we don't know is how does stick fit into his life now? And what's the backstory? Because we still have not gotten all of Matt's origin story. And this this episode here is a big part of Matt's origin story. A huge part of Matt's origin story. So that's what's exciting to me at this point as I'm watching it the first time is, oh, okay. So this is the episode. It's called Stick. There's Stick. And he just cut off a, head, a guy's head. Uh, yeah, that's not good guy stuff. That's not you know, Daredevil's code of morality kind of stuff. So dude's dead, got no head. And then the Pepto drips over the city and everyone feels very relieved after having eaten that last pizza grinder. So I know I'm feeling better. How about you? Nah, uh, whatever. Yeah, but you didn't eat all your pizza grinder. Yeah, as you know, I'm not excited about this episode at all. <laughs> that first viewing just really ruined it for me, so... All right. I don't I don't know what you're saying. I, I don't know how to take what you're saying. Let's put it that way. Well, as you know, I've I spent since my first viewing, a lot of people told me that this episode is the best episode of of Daredevil. And I trash talked it for a few months about how it was overrated, how there's a better episode coming, how. Um, I found this episode to be really, really boring and that people, if you know, just get past that stick episode and see, we, because there's better stuff coming. We haven't talked about anything other than what we've been talking about for the podcast. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's, that's something that if you don't know that, um, as you're listening right now, Daniel and I talking right now, we haven't talked about anything past this episode that we're talking about. So last, last week when we talked about, uh, condemned. That was the first time we talked about any of that stuff. We didn't talk about Kingpin cutting off the guy's head until it happened uh, in the episode we were watching for our recording. And so I don't know how Daniel's feeling about these things other than uh, what you tell me right now. And so I'm, I'm still trying to piece together. Are you being sarcastic? No, I really did. I was going around telling people that this episode is overrated. Okay. I, I would agree that it's not the best episode of the series. I, I'll say that right now. That is a controversial statement. Okay. (laughs) All right. Nearly as controversial as mine. Okay. So my statement that it's not the best episode of the series is controversial, although it's the... Well, because people love this episode. It's the thing that you've been arguing against. Yes. For for weeks now. Okay. For weeks. Weeks. Well, shall we move along? Because we have a cute little uh, uh, lawyer, lawyer conversation time. With uh, Matt, Foggy, and Karen. And I say cute little. That sounds condescending. I shouldn't. I I really do think it's cute. 
I think that their moments of of Foggy, Matt, and Karen, they genuinely are warm and fuzzy at this point here. Uh, there's there's just moments here where it's, oh, this is nice. This is their friendship. But we are starting to see, well, we're starting to see something encroach on there because their conversation is about the devil of Hell's Kitchen. That's the headline. And we all know how newspapers name superheroes. And so they're they're on their way toward naming uh, Daredevil, Daredevil, right? And the here's the controversy. Foggy was hurt. And Elena was hurt by the explosions. As far as Foggy is concerned, Daredevil caused those explosions and Daredevil is the cop killer. And he wants, he wants to take revenge on him. Uh, Matt, on the other hand, he wants justice and he's talking about justice and he's not, he's not falling one way or the other. He's not lying at all. He's just saying, I think justice should be the, the way to go. And then Karen is saying, I don't think he's, I don't think he did it. I don't think he's a killer. You know, he's, I, I think he's okay. And so there's, there's our conversation there. We can see now there's other things that are going to happen that I couldn't see coming, but I could see here because of their, their worldviews about daredevil that there's, there's some conflict coming. I thought the conflict would be mainly between foggy and Karen. Um, but there's other conflict coming as well. So, and there's a lot to chew on in this scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, the nature of what a terrorist is, is the man in the mask, a terrorist. He doesn't seem to have a cause. He's never put forward a manifesto. He's never claimed to do anything. Or is he just a nut job who goes around hitting people? And this is a really interesting conversation, especially in the world that we have today. You know, what, how do people use violence? And what is the meaning of violence? Is it senseless? Does it have purpose? Um, and if someone like the daredevil, the masked man or whatever they're calling him is going around doing these sorts of things and they don't have a manifesto, is there still power behind it? And, and people and, and don't know his manifesto because they aren't seeing the good that he's doing. And now all of the good that he's done, which is beat up bad guys, can be easily, easily uh, manipulated to look like he's just doing that because it's a power play. It's a power struggle. And that's where. Uh, you know, Kingpin could step in and say, hey, the Russians were killed by this guy, not because he's superhero, but because he wants them out of the way so that he can do what he's doing or do his his you know greater evil or whatever. Um, and so that's that's his problem. He doesn't have very good PR. You know, he's he's out there doing his thing. He's being accused of things that he didn't do, but even the stuff he has done taken wrong. It's it's pretty damning. And then maybe he does have a, a purpose behind his violence, as Foggy brings up. Maybe his violence is to beat people up, <laughs> which, again, is, it's almost a senseless purpose. But his anger, his violence may have a, an internal purpose, which is to be a bully mm -hmm. in a sense. So maybe he wasn't necessarily there to uh, be with Karen and to save her. But instead, maybe the purpose for him being there was to, well, to just beat on someone. Yeah. And, and in which case, you know, it's, it's that he's beating up criminals. 
which yay, right? But he's doing it because he likes to beat up people and and those are the ones that he can do and get away with. Um there's some cool stuff going on here because the other thing is Foggy's talking about all this, but what's his response? What does he want to do? More violence. He wants, you know, he's got his fist, you know. He's like I, you know, it, it reminds me of like the you know, Joe Dirt step on up to the microphone kind of thing. You know, he's he's talking tough. Um but he wants he he wants to repay violence with violence, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, stitches for stitches. And then they change the subject to a softball team, which is just violence to a ball. Well, you know this also is Daniel. You know what I call this? This is Chekhov's baseball bat. <laughs> There's the writer. It's it's clear as day. Now, you know what I'm reminded of here, though, I have to say? Sometimes um, a baseball bat is just a baseball bat. But. Sometimes, but not this time. It's it's not. It's Chekhov's baseball bat. Um, but it, it reminded me of A Few Good Men. Do you remember that movie? I do. Yeah, there's a lot of these kind of scenes in that movie. You can't handle the truth about stick. It, there's a lot of scenes like this, though, with Tom Cruise and the the woman and the 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 guy, um, where they're in the house, they're eating pizza, they're they're holding the baseball bat and tossing balls around and and that kind of thing. And I get that vibe here. And I don't know if it's just because they're both groups of lawyers, or if this is actually something that they're looking at and saying, you know, this is this is good because a few good men is based on a stage play, and it's it's definitely written with the actor in mind it's not written with the action in mind because it was a stage play but yeah so foggy has a legit grievance here though i mean he's been hurt by what he thinks is daredevil so he's he's got a legit grievance i believe at least something that needs to be addressed so beyond that then we get another battle coming up here daniel a great battle scene between Daredevil and one of his famous enemies. It's coming. And that is, um, well, we're switching scenes to Owsley talking to Nobu, I think it is. Is he talking to Nobu? Is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Nobu is the name he chooses this time. <laughs> so they're talking about something. He knows something is arriving that the Japanese are involved with. Um, he's watching the numbers. Numbers don't lie. Numbers are like tea leaves and I can read them like nobody else can. And Owsley warns them, you know, this is got to be careful and we need to, we need to be, um, ready to, to run. And, um, the, he gets, uh, the, this, uh, nice little bit of wisdom. And that is that each, each man must stand for himself or fall with the unworthy. <laughs> I like it. Um, Owsley doesn't like it. And then we get our battle daredevil versus Owsley. And this is awesome. You know, the, he starts flying, he's got the talons and everything. And no, that's not this version of the owl. Oh, wait, wait, no, no, no. Owsley has a taser jams it into daredevil's stomach and daredevil falls over and Owsley drives away. A clicking, a clicking distracts 
Matt. Yes, yes. A, a, an audio I, clue. I, and, and it's clear. It's upsetting to him. It's confusing. It's making him remember. I just think it's funny that we finally, you know, this is definitely the MCU version of Owlsley. And Daredevil gives him a, a good right to the jaw. And then Owlsley gives him a taser to the belly. And that's the battle. That's the owl versus daredevil battle that we get for our, our daredevil series. I found it amusing. Apparently you did not find it as amusing as no, I, I, I think this is great. I mean, Owsley's got no, no way that he could ever take Matt down. Matt's highly trained, but it's, it's not Owsley that takes him down. It's the distraction that allows him to use a simple weapon. No, it's the taser that takes him down. Slip away. The taser takes down daredevil. The distraction allows the taser. He to would do have so. never have been able to pull that taser. No, the, if the, Matt's the, not the distraction distract. allows him to do so. And then we get some flashbacks here, now. man. And I'm just going to say this. There's a lot of heady stuff going on here. That is really, really good. The, in the flashback. Well, no, before the flashback, the, the oh, whole okay. conversation again, back at the office again, even d- wanting to end the day on a good note. And now these comments about standing for yourself, you know, or being part of a team, this Nobu Owlsley conversation, mm-hmm. just great dialogue. And the softball bat. Yeah, great. Which is the softball bat is brought out to lighten the mood. I just yeah, want to this, put, point that this out This episode is fantastically written. The, the softball bat is brought out to lighten the mood because Karen doesn't like the heaviness of things that's going on here. Um she and she's about to go someplace where it is more heavy. And this is her, this is her circle of friends right now. And she's sitting there thinking, Oh, we're, we're getting so deep. We're getting, we're getting really heavy. Uh, let's, let's lighten this up because I'm, I don't want to come here and, and feel beat down. I don't want to come here and feel like, ah, oh, the, the world that is on the outside is, is pressing in. Because she's got plenty of that happening outside of the walls of that office. And we'll get to that. But I, I think we've got a lot of nice, meaty, themey stuff going on here. Themey is not a word, but I'm going to use it as one. I think you're right, man. I think yeah, you're it's right. It's good. I'm trying good to figure stuff. out where <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where you're standing here, though, because you weren't being sarcastic about your, your statements that you made before you're, you're no. giving some good praise here. I stand you're saying by there's controversy coming. What you stand everything. by what? Everything that I've said, you stand by everything you said. In the I past. said the things that I said and you stand by them. I did. I, well, I say I said them. Okay. I'm, I'm just trying to track. I'm just trying to track you here. Daniel. Okay. All right. So now we move to flashback because stick arrives. And he comes, he's coming back, back into Daredevil's life. Now we don't know how much time there's been between times when they've seen each other, but it's obviously been a while. But then we also flash back to the first time he walked into Matt's life. And, and that was to take care of him because the the nuns at the, uh, the orphanage there, they don't know what to do with him. And he's been, he works with special children. And he comes in, he sees Matt, Matt's got his ears covered. He's kind of freaking out. And 
And Stick says, hey, man, you're not getting worse. You're getting stronger. That's what's happening to you right now. And Stick is teaching and mentoring Matt in going beyond his lack of sight and and digging deeper into what he can do. Here's my question as we are learning about Stick right now. Is Stick superpowered? Well, or, and that's a question that's going to come up later in this episode. Yeah. I, and I, it, Stick... Because he's, he's, he's relating to Matt so well. Well, and not only is he relating to Matt, he's able to... Again, I, I've been around many blind people. I have blind people in my family. I have volunteered at the Library for the Blind. Liter- as I've said before, literally photocopied Braille. I've never had anyone that I've known be able to break down the component parts of the ice cream, including from three dairies. I mean, whatever and the hand is, of the man who scooped it. Yeah, he he is going beyond people who in their day to day life are using their senses senses to a heightened ability than a quote unquote normal person would. So. Again, he almost like Matt at times doesn't seem blind. And it makes me feel as if Matt now is not the only one in the world who has the ability to see while being blind. Now, does Stick see in the same way? Probably not. I'm wondering if we've got something magical going on here. I'm wondering if we've got something, you know, ninja magic or something like that. Now, magic, I'm throwing out that word, even though it's, you know, in in the MCU, magic is science that we don't understand. You know, and, and so I think maybe maybe he's tapped into energies that we don't know about, you know, ninja energies or Kai. Yeah, but there's something whatever. going on. Chi, and, and Kai, because, how do you say that? Because, again, he can relate to Matt and teach Matt how to focus. Yeah, because he's teaching Matt how to use his powers without really necessarily, in my mind, even knowing what's the potential of Matt's power. You know, how does he know so much about Matt as well? And. Which Matt hints at, and he says, well, maybe that's my superpower. Right, right. And and really, Stick at this point is a needed influence. He is hard. But Matt is an orphan. You know, the mother's not dead. That's a different story. But Matt is an orphan, and he has a disability. He only has his smartness if he can develop it as his defense because, and I hate to say it because he's right. Stick says the world is harsh and the only way Matt's going to survive is if he grabs it by the throat. And in many ways we can think of probably many stories where the world is harsh to those that are not uh, disabled. I mean, that are disabled, that don't fit a mold. And really what he's doing for him is he's telling Matt to grow up Quit feeling sorry for himself. He saw what a blue sky was like. I never did. This world is going to be mean and cruel, and you need to start dealing with it now. And he's saying you got to let it in. If you want to survive in this world, you've got to let the world in, and that's the good and the bad. But that's you reaching out. You know that man's dying. You know that woman is in love. You know that dog is hungry. Because of the way you can reach out and let it in. And there's some interesting 
themes going on here that really do apply beyond just being a blind superhero. You know, where you do have to say, okay, I can shut out the bad. I can try and only look at the good or I can only look at the bad and, and forget about the good. But the truth is the world has lots of good stuff going on and lots of bad stuff going on. And, and even though you, Stick is saying it in a way that's harsh and cruel and mean and pointed, what he's saying is for many of us and many parts of our lives actually true. Yeah, it, it's definitely it's it's tough love. But cranked up to eleven, <laughs> it's, and I would say I, I was gonna I was saving this, but no, I'm I'm gonna save it. I'm still gonna save it. But um, at this point, he's giving him that harsh but tough, worldly advice that he needs to get out of his shell. That he yeah, needs. You're right. To step Stick out. Stick may may not may not be the mentor that he wants, but it could be the mentor he needs. Could be. He definitely wouldn't be who he is now without having that influence. You might have been able to have a more nurturing influence come in and, and you know, some sort of variation on, on what Stick is doing. But instead of, you know, pushing Matt out and basically, you know, kicking him in the butt, knocking him out of the door to say, you know, go into the world because you, you got to learn how to survive here. It could be the kind of nurturing saying, oh, come on, let's I'll walk with you. Um, but he is giving good advice. I mean, he, he's giving I, I love the line. Smart don't come out of books, kids. Smart is making the right decision at the right time. That's an awesome quote. I don't know, you know, if it was like the writer's grandpa that said that or something, but that 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 speaks true. You know, that's that's a great definition of, of wisdom, really. Uh, you know, wisdom beyond just being smart. Um, there's some good, interesting stuff that in a different context would be like, yeah, this is, this is uplifting. Get out your notebook, take some notes. Yeah, this is the, you know, this is, this is confidence building. This is, this is self-help stuff right here. You know, Stuart Smalley could be looking into the mirror and saying, you know what? I'm good enough. I'm, I'm smart enough. And gosh, darn it. People like me and, and smart don't come out of books. Smart is making the right decision at the right time. Uh, it's it's some good stuff. And I love the whole tasting ice cream thing. Um, some good stuff. Good stuff. And there's some harshness to the, the world and the ability. Matt knows that that man is going to die. Mm -hmm. And as Stick says, there's nothing you can do about it, which is another lesson. Sometimes there's things that you know, but you can't fix them. And it's interesting because he's telling Matt this when Matt is at the very bottom of his ability and the very bottom right. of his strength and his power level. This is a this is a lesson that every superhero needs to go through, though. And, and you see it in almost every superhero with a long term storyline. I mean, we, we've we've seen this story with, with Superman and Pa Kent. You know, you, he couldn't stop Pa Kent from dying. Why? Because. People die, you know, and every superhero has to have that that lesson where they learn, OK, this is beyond my my abilities. And and this is right at the beginning. Stick is saying, hey, I'm going to teach you how to do stuff. But you know what? There's going to be certain things you just can't stop. And uh, it's it's 
again, I, I think we've said it often, and and I think I'll say it one more time, and then I'll, I'll stop saying it. But he's saying good stuff. He's saying it in a really rough manner, um, with lots of swears in it. Well, let's pause and talk about the swears. <laughs> Stick this, has a potty mouth. It, and, well, this is adult television. Don't put the kids in front of it. I've charted not usages, but actual words. Eleven separate separate profanities. Different across, words. Different words. Different words. Not, now there are some variations of the same base word. But I mean, yeah, this has a lot of it. I don't want my kids using that this show has used because this is adult TV, and it doesn't feel necessarily wrong. It feels adult, and it feels like the character. You know, it, absolutely. And and this is where, you know, there's. There's uh, there's swearing in movies where you're just like, okay, they're just doing it because they want to hang on to that R rating or they want to feel make you feel like it's more adult or more mature even though it's same old, same old. Um, here it feels like it's character. It feels I, like I, it's character. I agree. But uh, with Stick, yeah, Stick can – he can put out the swears much better than I can. Let's put it that way. I'm, I've never been a, a very good swearer. In fact, I was fixing a ceiling fan that somehow unspooled itself and fell out of the ceiling in our kitchen while no one was in there. And my wife and kids walked in and the fan is just hanging there by the electrical wire. And I was trying to get it down and get it off of the ceiling because, you know, it's a it's an old ceiling, old house. And I was telling my son, all right, this is the point where a normal person would start swearing. I'm just not good at it. And I wouldn't do it in front of you anyway. But yeah, my son found that humorous. My kids just wonder what daddy's saying. <laughs> I do have a couple made up swears that my friend in college used to use. And and they come in handy every once in a while. when you, We just need that word. But anyway, Stick, yeah, he is. Uh, he's rough. He is street smart. Definitely. Um. But more than street smart, I mean, he knows what's up. He knows what's up. And he is. And he might know the real what's going up. He might. There's some controversy. Well, he knows all about Fisk. He knows all about Fisk. Yeah. And And he's not all worried about Fisk. And this is where we we cut back to them and they're talking about, um, you know, what are you doing? And and this is where, you know, Matt's like my city. I have to help my city. And he's like, your city, your city hates your guts. Um, You don't even know what's going on in the city. And there's a couple different things that are coming out of Stick's mouth that have come out of different people's mouths with Matt before. You don't know. You don't even know what's going on here, first of all. And second of all, there's going to come a point where... It's going to be you or the other guy, and you're going to have to put him down. It's Vladimir all over again. Yeah. Only this time it's coming out of the mouth of someone with a prior relationship who actually knows Matt. And one thing that as I'm watching this episode, I do have a couple times where I've wondered, is Stick saying the things he thinks he needs to say for Matt to just get past what he needs to get past? Or is he really throwing these things out and just, you know, to say, yeah, you're you're not very good at your job. Well, at, at a certain smart. point, he is saying what Matt needs to hear because he's telling Matt, go do this thing with me. Yeah, let's go do this thing. 
Come with me. Help me out. Catch my back. And Matt's like, oh, no killing. Yeah. But before we get there, we do have a little scene with uh, Ben and Karen. And this is why Karen was feeling kind of tense, I think, and wanting something a little more positive and uplifting. And that is because uh, she's dealing with this whole, um, you know, digging up the story with Ben on on the people who were trying to get the people evicted and everything. And, and she's, she says it's like trying to straighten out a bowl of spaghetti. And um, Ben, he has an interesting worldview here is is just no there's no heroes there's no villains just people with different agendas that's that's deep that's definitely a worldview of this series uh or, or at least a, a mission statement of one of the possible themes of this series but yeah they it's good they talk good. And, and they talk about the cop that was shot you know ben hated him but you know he's trying to save him, and um, he's not going to get thanked for it. Basically, <laughs> even if the dude woke up, uh, they and and this is where Ben says there's no heroes, no villains, just people with different agendas. But dude, Ben, you know there's something that kind of goes against your statement right there. You want to know what that is? You're kind of a hero. You, you kind of are a hero. You kind of are a person who's doing the right thing, even when it's the not the easy thing to do. But I think Ben is just trying to make choices in a world where he believes he's a realist. But he really is an idealist. Yep. I mean, I, I, I look at his actions. And the good thing is this paradox here of where he is stating one thing, but doing another. It feels true. It feels true to his character. Well, and if you think about it, the fact that he's even in the job that he's in, do, doing the writing he does, shows that he's really an idealist, even though he acts like he's a realist at times. I mean, he wants to do the important stories. He wants to do the, the stories that change people's worlds, not the color of the subway. Yeah. And his, <laughs> his reporting record is based on those stories that have impacted people. And this is where you have Daredevil using his powers to do what he needs to do. And you have Ben using his powers. What is his power? Written word, the power of investigation, the power of um, being able to take these things and put together the pieces and, and present them to people. So, yeah, it's it's cool. I, I like what they're doing with these characters uh, so far. You know, this is not in my opinion, the best episode so far, but at the same time, this is really, really good stuff. We were getting here really, really good stuff from here. We go to uh, Matt's apartment and stick is really not approving of Matt's lifestyle. Uh, surrounding yourself with soft stuff is what he says. And, and Matt says, well, cotton makes you know, cotton feels like sandpaper on my skin. That's why he has, you know, silk sheets or whatever, but um, you're surrounding yourself with soft stuff. I smell a woman was here. You can't just have having an apartment is a soft thing. Yeah. Just yeah. a place to lay down his head is a deficiency. And you, you can't afford the luxury of relationships. Uh, you know, it's all these things that he's just knocking him down psychically and not like in a, I say that he's 
he's saying, Matt, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. I'm this male authority figure from your childhood. And I've just come back into your life and I'm going to tell you everything you're doing is wrong. (laughs) And that's not, that's not a good feeling. These are not things that you need. Yeah. And, and this is where we get one of the coolest moves though, at least of the episode for sure. But that's uh, popping the beer cap, the the bottle cap off the beer. (laughs) It bounces off the wall a couple of times and ends up in the garbage can. Um, And who's doing that stick? This is not just, oh, I can, you know, get around in my environment. This is calculation on a massive scale. This is being able to know the angles that he's he's doing. And this is something that I've always looked at Daredevil and said, okay, yeah, I, I can't, I can buy the powers, but I can't buy that he's able to throw a, a billy club, bounce it off of three different things and hit someone. Same with Captain America and his shield. It, it, it pushes the boundaries of my suspension of disbelief for, for a little while. But you got to admit, the, the pop in the cap thing was kind of cool. If you don't think about it too much. It's really cool. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> so then the other thing that happens is uh, he says, you got to come with me because I got this mission. And... <laughs> You had already said this. Matt says no killing. <laughs> Did he do this, Matt? Uh, Daniel, I, I, I promise you, I, this is what I saw. He raises a hand and says, I swear I won't kill. But as he's saying it, his right hand is up in the air. His left hand goes and moves behind the arm of the couch that he's sitting on. Is he crossing his fingers? I'll, I'll be honest with you, buddy. I don't remember. You don't remember or I can't confirm or deny that he was crossing his fingers, but you almost, you do feel like he was being disingenuous when he said it. Oh, absolutely. And, and just, he he moves his, it's just a weird move. His left arm going over. And I just, I'm thinking is this third grade or is this a ABC family sitcom? You know, it's, he's going to cross his fingers. So it's okay. I'm going to kill people because I crossed my fingers, you know, or I'm actually going to eat the lunch that you left me next to when you went to go and talk to the teacher. Cause you know, we got a laugh track going on because I got, I crossed my fingers. Uh, I thought it was a really funny touch. Like if you actually is crossing his fingers, that's funny to me because it's so ridiculous and it's just, it's totally stick. Just being a jerk. Just hey, being, but that's that stick. In many ways, though, he does seem to have a purpose. It is. So what we're also missing out here is that the luxury and and the softness of the apartment and the place, it's getting destroyed in this scene because we get a fight scene between Matt and Stick and the furniture is getting destroyed and the walls are getting dented and and cracked and, and brutalized and um. And we get a flashback where, again, more of that wisdom. You know, anger is a spark, but rage is a wildfire. And um, man, yeah. this is such good dialogue. And and all building up to, you know, you're hurting me. Well, then you got to make it stop. If I'm hurting you, you make it stop. And there's parallels that could be drawn between this episode and a future episode that we won't talk about yet. Obviously, the first time I watched this, I wasn't drawing those parallels. 
But when I got to that future episode, um, there is some definite parallels we can draw between certain people's origin stories. Let's just leave it at that. And it's all building up to Matt breaking down and crying. It's his fault. His dad died. His dad didn't take the fall because I asked him to win. Man, that is some guilt. It is. It is. And it's something that needed to be addressed. And I'm glad that they showed it. The only problem, this is one of those few times where I feel there's a falter in the drama of this show. And that was the kid playing Matt Murdock. He just didn't sell that scene to me. Uh, Your mileage may vary, uh, Daniel or whoever's listening right now. Um, for me personally, this was a, uh, it faltered a little bit and, and I just, I, yeah, but I was Scott taken Glenn out of it, there because, to carry it. What? But Scott Glenn was there to carry it. I mean, he, the kid may not have been the best. He's a kid actor. Come on. No, Give the kid a break. But Scott I, Glenn, this is a master actor here. It is. It is. You got to give him credit where credit's due, man. I'm. I'm I'm saying it just it just for me, uh, your mileage did vary then. OK, good. Yeah, I I was fine with the scene. I mean, it does feel a little weird. You know, oh, you you think someone else killed your dad because of you and it's not really because of you. But at the same time, he's a kid. Well, that's the thing. The truth of the moment. Is is real. You know, kids carry that kind of weight. My parents got divorced because of me, because I did something. Because a child, their world is small. And what's the center of the world is, is them. And so when things happen that are out of their control, they take the weight of that. And they, they take the, the responsibility of that uh, when, when it's not theirs to take, and, which is the case here. Um, it, it just uh, Maybe it was the jump from you know the moment right before and, and then moving into this, the thing that kind of maybe I didn't buy the trigger that pushed him into that. I, I don't know. It's just this is the one one dramatic misstep uh, that I can actually point to and say, yeah, that one, uh, I, I wasn't tracking with that one. So that's that's it for me, though. I mean, it, it, I might I might be. Uh, let me put it this way. It's sounding to me like this won't be the most controversial thing that's going to be said in this episode. Again, I have a written statement. Yes, I know. <laughs> so then we come back and we talk about this never-ending war and we talk about Black Sky, the bringer of shadows. I've got this mission. You need to come on this mission. You have no idea what's going on in your backyard. Someday it's going to come down to you or the other guy. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and I'll swear that I won't kill anyone Cross my heart, hope to die, but also cross my fingers. Pinky swear, you know. And then we move to Foggy and Karen again. Now, Karen is talking to Elena and investigating things with Elena, trying to find out information about the people who were involved in all the stuff that was going on with uh, the, the apartment building before and doesn't get really what she wants to get what she's hoping to get but she leaves and she's being followed well and she's had some information a bald man and a man with a tattoo up his neck yes but Chekhov's it, it, tattoo 
I don't know if I would go that far, but yeah, okay. I mean, the Chekhov's thing refers to things that are going to get used. Well, it was mentioned. It's a clue. It's definitely a clue, and clues get used. Um, she's followed by thugs, and she's capable. It's I, I don't ever feel like she is not capable of taking care of herself, but she's definitely overpowered. There's two men. They are very strong. They are they rough her up, and here's where Chekhov's baseball bat gets fired, and that baseball bat. Well, first of all, it's not just a baseball bat. It's a softball. A softball takes out the one guy. And then pepper spray on the other guy. And then Foggy's there. He's got the bat. He's like, let's get out of here. And ben, Ben, Ben. Yeah? Ben. It's a softball bat. Both men and women play softball in America. But something you need to know about softball, especially rec leagues like the kind that Foggy would be in. Metal bat, buddy. Metal bat. Okay, I look at a bat, and even if you're using it to play softball, it's a baseball bat to me. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm unrefined. I am, I am. Uh, most times when you think of baseball in the United States, you're often thinking of wood. This is aluminum. Rec league bat. Well, gonna we hit ya. You're gonna that. bounce off that because it's been scientifically designed to have things bounce off of it. We used Boom. it to play baseball. So uh, all I'm saying is it's a bat. It's getting used for violence. And he hits a guy when the guy is down. And Foggy's a hero. He hits him in the head. Okay. When he's down. He's still a hero. I'm just saying. He we had this nice conversation about violence and how it was used early on. And now we have Foggy basically doing what? Being who? Daredevil. I liked it a little bit. It was a it was a fun moment as far as the emotion of what Foggy was doing goes, but it was a brutal moment as far as the physicality of what Foggy was doing goes. So then we move from Foggy basically saving Karen and that happening after Elena kind of tells uh, tells Karen that, that Foggy's in love. And Elena can tell. And Karen, you can't. Because you're an idiot. Yes. In love. love. Or something. Mm, she's not. It, no, no. She goes not, back to Matt again. She's not in oh, love. Oh, you're talking about Matt, the handsome lawyer. No, she's an idiot when it comes to love. Mm. That's, I'll bite that. Yeah. So, they go. Daredevil and Stick. Together again. I don't know when the last time they were together really was on a mission. So maybe not together again. But they're on a mission. We get a fight on the dock. We get this um, transport unit. It opens up. It's a child in chains. Black what? Sky is we're a child here to see Black Sky, in not chains. This. And Daredevil is being used by Stick to basically clear the field. So that Stick can assassinate the child in chains. Okay, that doesn't seem right at all. There's all sorts of problems here. <sighs> and so it's not using a stick for that. <laughs> well, Daredevil is. Well, like, technically, you could say that the the bow is made of a stick. Well, so. and, and the arrow and, might and be too. The arrow is. The arrow might actually stick. be a stick. 
Yeah, so I guess technically I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. Daredevil saves the kid, saves the child's life, and then as he does, he looks up and sees that Stick is gone. The child is taken away and escapes. The people escape with the child. And in the meantime, we get a flashback with some more of that wisdom of, you know, what rules the body, my mind, what's your strongest weapon, my body. And so basically your mind controls your strongest weapon. That's good. Um, Again, very truthful information. Yeah, no, there's good stuff. But then this is where Matt has made a bracelet out of the wrapper from the ice cream that they were eating early on. Number one sin of the Jedi is attachment. Yeah. Yeah. So he hands it to stick and says, you know, it's, 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 it's from that ice cream. You remember that ice cream? You remember that? You remember, huh? The first ice cream that anyone had bought him since his dad had died. Yeah. You remember, you remember that? Huh? Huh? Remember? And stick remembers and then takes it, crumples it up and tells him your training is over. Doesn't even get to knife day and abandons him. Abandons him, leaves him. So the battle is over. Well, and Daredevil let's think about the scene again. Chekhov's, um, Chekhov's Ice cream foreshadowing. Oh, okay. Um, earlier in the apartment scene, one of the things that Stick is very, very clear on is get rid of people. If you have people, you have people. Even if it's just two people. You have them, they're going to get hurt. The only way you're going to be able to save them is to get rid of them. And he, he straight out says, you know, if you have to, hurt them. Because it's better for you to hurt them emotionally for, than for them to be physically dead. Mm-hmm. And so, again, this is really what he did to Matt. You know, he, Matt became a liability for him because he grew attached to Matt this was a sign that Matt was growing attached to him. Stick was looking to raise up a warrior for whatever war this is. Yeah, he was raising a warrior, not a son. About. Yeah. You know, you're looking for a dad. I'm looking for a warrior. And and really, that's what he does to him at this point is he left him behind and physically, not physically, emotionally scarred him because it was better for him to hurt him emotionally than to have him die physically. It's a weird scene because of the absurdity of the ice cream wrapper. But but what here's what, what does happens. Matt have? Well, what does Matt have? No, no, no. I'm it's, sure he's got a. It's not about what he has. Here's what it's about. It's about this is a visual medium. We need a visual metaphor for their relationship that Matt can physically hand to. Uh, the, the mat can hand to stick and and in doing so then okay we see this and it's there's power there not because it's the ice cream thing but because of what it represents and it represents matt reaching out to the father figure he has now and so he's now left behind by another father figure and and that's what makes the scene really emotional for me is to see him abandoned by another father figure. Now 
The first it's one, so rich. The first one did not abandon him. Like, okay, I'm leaving. You're, you're. I don't like you anymore. Or, you know, have fun, kid. You know, try and survive on your own. It was, you know, death, which is a different thing altogether. But um, he's he's abandoned again. Now he's had some ninja training, and he is going to be able to take what he's learned so far and apply it into what he's going to learn, you know, in the future. But some uh, some part of me wonders, you know, just seeing the line out of context in my notes where it says your training is over. I almost wonder if if maybe it literally was like, what if him? No, it goes against what, what Stick was saying, because Stick's saying, you know, don't have any relationships. And this this bracelet represents a relationship. So I was wondering, what if it really was just a matter of, OK, what I'm here to teach you. I'm done. You've learned it. But no, I think I don't think it can be taken that way. I agree. I think, yeah, I think it it has to do with the relationship, the attachment, the emotion attached to it that, <sighs> that he can no longer train him. Again, I'm, I'm being somewhat jokey about the Jedi, but, you know, they're warrior monks and warrior monks are not allowed to be attached. Again, to be crass. He Stick doesn't say it's wrong for him to have a physical relationship. What he's what he's saying is it's wrong for you to have a someone you're in love with. It's not well, long, it's wrong for you wrong to have an emotional have relationship. Yeah, you know, the, the emotional. The physical is not a problem. It's the emotion. Yeah, it's the emotion that's a problem. And so here is where I was wrong. Um, so anyone who was listening and yelling at me when I said that they were getting in a fight, destroying the luxury, and you know that metaphor there. Uh, no, it happens I here. About it I it really happens did. here. Um, this is where the fight between Matt. And, oh man! So sometimes I'm like, I don't think this is in the right spot, Ben. And then I was, like, I was going to say something, this, but last time I did, you you corrected me. Well, so. last time you did, you were wrong. This time you would have been right. Uh, but here we are, and this is where the fight happens. Um, and this is where you know he, he he confronts Stick. Returns. Stick comes back to Matt's place. Tells him, you know, I I needed a soldier. You wanted a father. Um, you promised me you wouldn't kill anyone. Matt says, but that's that was the mission. And he went ahead and followed them and killed the kid anyway. All off camera. Yeah. So that makes me wonder: Did he really do that? I think he did. Uh, and the other thing that is, you know, so what is this black sky thing? And we'll talk about that. I want to talk about that when we're done talking about the plot here and, and then we'll, we'll wrap things up. But um, yeah, so this is this is their big fight. And this is really the climactic fight for this episode. The, the fight on the docks isn't the climax. This is the climax right here. Then we go to Foggy and Karen and Ben. Uh, Karen is bringing Foggy in to the the conspiracy that she's involved with 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 Ben. Well, because she apparently can't keep a secret. She can't keep a secret, but at the same time, Foggy's proven himself to be a hero. There are no heroes and villains according to Ben, but here's Foggy coming in and um he's he's part of this team now with there Ben. There may be no heroes and villains, but in Karen's eyes, there's at least a good guy. Yeah. Cuz he's one of the good ones. And they show him the cards and he sees the cards and they pin the man in black up next to the king. 
And and this is where uh, past me noticed the that that king pin thing. Um, yeah, but anyway, the but, well, and we've got these two cards now, and, and right they may not other. be friends. They may not both be good. They may, you know, one may not be good, one may not be bad. But whatever is going on, Ben has got the connection now, which is they're opposed. Mm-hmm. They could be two rival gangs, but they're opposed to each other. Whoever the kingpin is, whoever the man in the mask is, they are not on the same side. Not at all. And then we come back to Matt sifting through the rubble of his broken dreams, <laughs> finds the bracelet. And, oh, Stick kept the bracelet. And this is where he's detached himself from Matt now? Has now is he leaving Matt behind? Or is perhaps he giving Matt a, a message? Or is he perhaps emotionally abusing Matt? Well, that's an option. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering. Because I, I, as we jump into the next scene. With the mystery man. He's not done with Matt. No, he's not. And I'm I'm looking at all of the stuff now. And this is this was in my notes after the first viewing. Bracelet kept it, emotional abuse. And I'm I'm looking at all of the ways that he was dealing with Matt early on. We're looking at some abusive stuff, man. I have a theory about this this scene. Okay. I'm probably wrong. But are you ready? I'm ready. I want you to sit down. I already am. I want a standing if, desk, but I don't have one. I'm, I'm, what if this is our first link to Defenders? What? The scene, the man who, with, the, with the scarred back, this coming time when the door opens. Is, is that what he says? Is it, will he be ready when the door opens? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, is this the beginning of the Defenders in the same way Thanos at the end of um, at the end of Infinity of the Avengers was the beginning of Infinity War. Well, yeah, let's go there because this is where I wanted to end up. Um, Black Sky. I'm looking at this. I'm seeing this, and I'm thinking to myself, after this episode and the way they deal with Black Sky, I was thinking, okay, is Black Sky going to be the big other bad? Is this going to be the thing at the end of Daredevil? Well, I mean, we we it could be. If that season goes there, I mean, Naboo is clearly tied to the hand. Or is this our Infinity Gem? Is Black Sky going to be the thing that is, you know, that they have to band together to defeat? Black Sky. It it could be our Infinity Gem of Defenders. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Yeah, For for the Defenders, not for anything in the MCU outside of the Netflix. Uh, realm, you know, is is Black Sky something that we're looking at as one element or the big element of the big bad that the defenders have to band together to defeat? Well, and here's what we know: we know that no screen time is wasted. So this scene doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense in the in the context of a Kingpin versus Daredevil story. Which it feels like that's what we're getting so far in these seven episodes is a kingpin versus daredevil story. Now, may I 
this may be a spoiler type of thing. So if you are following along with us, uh, stop listening for about 10 seconds because I want to, I'm going to say something that, um, tonight is it Steven tonight. Oh, past Ben should have looked this up ahead of time, but, um, this is something he said about this scene here and that is okay. And here's the, the spoiler. Um, this would have been the post credit scene in the final episode. If they were able to do so, it's tied to defenders. If it's totally tied, if they were able to do so for Netflix, now they weren't able to do so. I'm so glad that I figured that out without you telling me that they weren't able to do so because of the way Netflix goes. When you get to the end credits, it just jumps you ahead. All right. So get out your card, right? Man with scarred back, pin it up on the wall. Now, uh, use, use the, uh, Use the, the jack of hearts for that one. When the door opens on the card. So. I'm going to be honest. The first time around that I saw that, it was like, what is this? That's this the time, point of it. When I sat there and I was like, this could be the Defenders. This could be Thanos. That's the that's the point of it. Is is that I first was time... completely freaking out. And at one point, and that's when I was like, we need to talk. We and, need to talk. And this is why. Um, when I, when I called in, I was talking about how things are getting wider. You know, you've got stick, you've got this guy with scar, you've got black sky, you've got these new characters that you're putting in. And, and I was, you know, borderline concerned, you know, where are we going to get too many people here? Are we have too many elements that we have to address? My concern still exists, but it doesn't exist based on anything else in the rest of this 13 episodes. It exists based on we know we're getting Punisher and Elektra and a whole bunch of other stuff that in Daredevil season two that we weren't sure we were getting or didn't know we were getting at this point when I was first watching. So, yeah, uh, I think that rounds out our discussion. Then you got any other um, great thoughts here about? No, I, this episode I or, uh, really good. I think it's time for our final verdict then. Oh, you know what? Daniel, I completely screwed this episode up. Well, like I played the wrong sounders for everything. Like every episode you messed up. We were supposed to do the opening statements. I didn't do that. I did case evidence. We did witness testimony for this series or this this part, I think. Daniel, I, I I'm all I'm all messed up. But Wait, we don't we don't have see? any feedback for witness testimony. It's time for the final verdict, which we're gonna give our, our billy clubs out of out of five billy clubs. And listeners, I, I apologize. I apologize. I've been told not to apologize. It's like this is a hobby. I've been told never apologize for for things that are for out of your control. For heaven's sakes, or, man, we're giving this away for free. I know, and I'm feeling bad. I'm feeling like you're not getting your money's worth even though it's free. Okay. Well, play a random sounder of your cho- choosing, sir. Okay, so we're going to move on to our final segment. <laughs> is that, it was that. Okay, final maybe, verdict. Maybe it should have been the sound of a man getting beaten by a club, but I know you have that there uh, for your special time. No, I. What? What? what that what, went what? really awkward, really fast. Okay, Daniel, how many? Oh, you're not. You get a statement you have to read first. Should I give my? Yeah, go ahead and give okay. yours. I'm giving this one for sure. Uh, four and a half Billy clubs out of five, and. 
you allow we we allow half clubs, right? Yes. Okay, so I can just stick with four and a half. This is not a five. It's not perfect, but it is very, very close to it. I like the, what it did for the mythology. This is definitely, if you're looking at X-Files, this is a mythology episode. This is, an, you know, this is that moment, like you're saying, I think that really ties into some things that we're going to be seeing in the future with the Defenders and the other teammates. I think that we're going to see Black Sky in with Jessica Jones. I think we're going to see Black Sky a lot in some of the elements with uh, Iron Fist, maybe. But yeah, this is a world-building episode and an origin story, and we're moving things forward as far as information goes and a little bit as far as understanding character. Um, this is it's good stuff. So, Daniel, I turn it over to you, man. Benjamin... Fellow agents, I will admit that in the spring I spent a lot of time telling people to underhype this episode. This episode was, in fact, boring, slow, and uninteresting. That I was, in fact, tired of hearing people talk about how great of an episode that Stick was. I would now like to read the following statement Dear Kevdog and friends, I'm honestly a hot mess about this. I know I'm not a perfect MCU fan, and I have poked at the problems of the MCU. I mean, seriously, I totally tore down a guy's view of Iron Man 3 this week using his own words. Boom, that happened. Though I now find myself questioning any and all Ant-Man opinions I have because of this. Because in the end, anything that I've said about the Daredevil episode stick in the negative was in fact false and based on no rational and accurate thought. I apologize for anything I have said in passing to friends about the overblown reaction to this episode. I recount anything I said hinting that this episode was boring and did little to nothing to move the story forward. And I repeat my and I repent my sins against the MCU, not related to Iron Man 3. How could I ever doubt a company that it brought me, Walt Disney Howard Stark? Meet Soren. Please forgive me and my excessive pride. Your friend, Agent Daniel. I'm going to do what I said I wasn't going to do it to any episode but one. But I'm going to give Stick five stars. Okay. Wow. So you're giving it to two now? Or are you adjusting your... five stars. Okay. So you have one other that would have gotten the sole five star, but this is in addition to that now. And here's what I think happened to me. Tell me. I I think that I was watching it at a time where maybe I wasn't reading all the, the the subtitles. And I'm thinking that I might have missed some of what was being said as far as the theme and, and emotion. I think I basically saw it the first time as just an episode that went from fight and then a really long pause to fight and then another fight. And I totally and honestly missed all of the just wise and truthful and real world truth buried in this thing. And in the end, I watching it again in a non-distracted way, this episode is just so well built with Chekhov's baseball bat. And I, again, I was mocking in my thing, the, the whole bracelet thing. The whole bracelet issue had a huge emotional Huge emotional delivery for me. The second time. Interesting. Very interesting. So, 
again, I, I find myself questioning myself when it comes to Ant Man. You should. Maybe I did have fun. Maybe I did have fun, sir. Or maybe you will on your second watch. Yeah, I got to find someone to watch Fantastic Four with me. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I'm just going by myself. <laughs> I've asked. Here's the thing, Daniel. Here's the thing. With Ant-Man, there are a lot of people that I've heard who have just said, I'm just not going, or my family's just not interested. You being one of them with your family not being interested. Um, but, yeah, here's the thing, Daniel. For this episode, before when you were trying to pull down the hype as far as this being the best episode. Did you hate the episode, though? I oh, mean, I hated this episode until I watched it again. You hated it before the hype? No, I hated it because of the hype. Because of the hype. Yeah. Okay, so on your first viewing, you were mocking some of it, but you weren't hating it. It was just another episode in the in maybe a weaker element of a strong series. I will be honest, this also occurred during a binge period. Okay. So I had a few episodes that were going on, and I was comparing sticks to stones. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, our next episode will be the Fantastic Four. We will be reviewing that. I do not know how long it will take us to review it. I have read one mini-review about the movie. I will not say what that mini review said, um, but on a scale of one to two, one being good, two being bad, they gave it a two. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, maybe we'll maybe see. on the backside, I can tell you a little bit about my quest with the Fantastic Four, or F four, as a friend is attempting to call it. And I don't know what that episode is going to be. I just don't know what that episode's going to be like. Here's what I do know, Daniel. After that, it will be the next episode of Daredevil, and then we have a comic episode coming up. So actually, in this two-week period, we actually, I think, are going to be pumping out four episodes. So, yeah, it's, it's a good time to be a Marvel fan. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Even though there's a Deadpool movie coming out, it's a good time to be a Marvel fan. And, uh, Again, I repent. <laughs> Please forgive me. Yeah. You're forgiven. I was really prepared before the rewatch to just tear into it. You're forgiven. I was totally going to tear into this episode. You're forgiven. Thank you. I don't know if I'm the one who actually has the right to forgive you, but I'm, I'm here on behalf of the people who do. It would have been nice if you could have forgiven me for what I was about to do that I didn't actually do. What? Remember the first episode? He asked for forgiveness for what he was about to do. Oh, that's right. See? Nice. It's all connected. It is, except for in my brain, which is really scattered right now. Ben, you got anything to say? (sighs) Daniel, here's the thing. Do you remember what I used to call you? Back in the day when we first met. I do, sadly. What did I call you, Daniel? Other day. uh, No, uh, the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. What I would never would have known, Daniel, is, you know, because I called you other guy because you were on a podcast where there were one, two, three of you. Two of you, I was able to remember the name, Matt and Kobe. Uh, there was a fourth who wasn't on the podcast anymore at that time, but it's really easy to remember his name because it's my name, you know. Uh, and then there was other guy and, and that was you. 
But I would have never believed it, Daniel, if someone back then would have said to me, hey, Ben, you know what? Someday it's going to come down to you or the other guy. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one 55 level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls. You can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Once again, thanks for listening. And remember, welcome to Level 7. It's not just a podcast. It's a magical place. All right, Ben. Here's the deal. Tell me the deal. Nobody wants to go with me. To Fantastic Four? So I got a buddy. He likes Marvel movies. I'm like, hey, dude, you, me, your wife, my wife, double date. His wife refuses to go. Refuses? Refuses. Now I have a theory. Which is my wife, if this movie's really, really bad, is going to mock it. Because uh-huh. that's what she does. She's the mocker. Okay. So she's totally going to do it. Totally going to mock it. Is that why your friend's wife doesn't want to go? Is because they know it's going to get mocked or something? No, she's got other reasons. They're her own reasons. I won't repeat it. So that person's not going. So then I reached out to an agent and said, dude, you got to come with me. Not coming. He's uh, not coming. He's got his own plans. Is that is that an agent that I know? You do. You do know that okay. agent. He's got he's got some conflicts. So I went to pick up the pizza tonight. Me and the kids were by ourselves. Daddy night equals pizza night. Fair enough. Good. Yeah. And there I saw the pizza man. Pizza man won't go with you. I said, "Hey, I know this pizza man." We both like superheroes, though we don't agree on who the best Green Lantern is. So there's definitely a a relationship happening there. Yeah, I'm a Guy Gardner guy. Disagreement. But I figured, if anything, he'd want to go see the Fantastic Four. I think I might have hit on the pizza guy. You invited the pizza guy to go. I think I might have hit on him a little bit. (laughs) What? What? I'm desperate to get someone to go with me. He's not going. He refuses. Refuses to go. I, I I have to say, in his defense, it might not be the movie that he, he's reacting in the negative to in that case. But, okay. Well, what you going to do? <laughs> go alone. That's what I'm going to do. I might... I, actually, I might see if Agent Evan can join me, but... Well, we'll all find out next time we get it together. Now, yeah. won't we? But yeah, I'll definitely be going Thursday night, and yeah, we'll we'll be releasing an episode about it. So, <laughs> whoa! When the pizza man won't go. 
Ah, uh, Daniel, no, no. He had strong opinions too. Okay, that... he laid them out for me. I I don't agree with some of them. So, no. I'm prepared to go and be pleasantly surprised. I don't think he's read the Ultimate Universe. I'm just saying. One one of his theory, one of the things he was upset about. I I'm not sympathetic to that concern, but he did go off about the fact he's like they don't even go to space. I'm like, well, it's kind of based on the Ultimate Universe. So, yeah. Wow, Daniel, I... Uh, they go to the negative zone, so what? Wah, 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 don't care. <laughs> Deal with it, pizza man. <coughs> oh, Daniel. Now give me those pies. Wow. Well, the car dealer I was talking to, he's excited about it. So there's that. Yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... It's it's time for bed, so talk to you later, man. <laughs>